Hello, this is episode 301 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha Ravadi. This episode is on my dyslexia, my literacy. I was feeling so shit and vulnerable that I was going to take a week off podcast. But someone out there needs to hear this, so I'm going to fully show up. And there's also the banging from the storm we've we've had. I think this is our third storm in a row. I, I haven't been outside for days. It's, it's insanity. I almost got out of bed at 2am after I'd stopped crying to record this for you. I want you to understand. I want others out there to know that they aren't alone. And that it doesn't matter how much I've done, that I can still fall apart. It doesn't matter how much I've achieved. I haven't talked this out with a friend to make it better, so it's really raw. I don't like the dyslexia label. I have notes for another podcast inspired by this earlier in the week. I have notes for so many things that have been inspired. But I want you to be able to find this, so I'm going to use the label. And, and that's a challenge for me. I, I end up using these sort of well-known markers so that people find their way to me. That I really don't want to exist in the world. I have my life set up so well to navigate my literacy that no one knows. It doesn't cause me pain. I don't feel stupid. I avoid conferences, especially learning difficulties or inclusive education, or, and especially dyslexia conferences, because it's the only time I end up feeling rage in my body. Because they all have the impacts I'm going to talk about, and they're supposed to help me, and so it's more painful. I learned years ago to avoid all of those things. And it turns out these Zoom conferences aren't any better. But this podcast isn't about what you do wrong. It's about how I feel. And, and that's what I want to be able to talk to in people and why I haven't sort of gone away and made it all fluffy and nice. Because unfortunately, the conference was about being in your body. And it was also about topics that are very dear to me. And so the impacts were really big on me. And it doesn't help, like this has been winding me up for months, it doesn't help when people come out with this sort of pre-sort of prescribed line of, oh, if the chat isn't accessible to you at this time, speak. Because what it translates as, particularly the energy that people say it in, what it it translates as, if you can't do what's expected here, you know, come on and make a spectacle of yourself. It's kind of what it translates, it's it's a funny one, because the people saying it have no idea what, what it really means for things to not be accessible. It's like a dripping tap in what you can't navigate, and by the end you can barely show up. And that's what school was like daily. I went to school six days a week, I had Saturday mornings as well. So on Saturday afternoon I would recover from the dripping tap, and on Sunday I'd feel grim about the fact that I had to do it all over again. I used to hate Sundays. And I never feel this way now. Like this is the contrast for me. I don't I don't load Sundays. I love my work. I probably work seven days a week. I'm constantly writing. I'm constantly doing all the things that I felt I would never be able to do. I never feel so bad about myself. My life is constructed in such a way that I can manage to do everything. And it's almost like I realize that I've got to a space where I take that for granted. So by the end of this, the, the conference, I unfortunately sat in a couple of sessions that were really chat-heavy, screen-controlled 
constructed sessions. And I think that pushed me over the edge. And in one of those sessions, they asked what would have made this more accessible. And they were talking in a completely different way. They were talking about what would have made it safer, what would have made it more engaging. I wanted to say, not assuming literacy, but I wasn't sure I could spell it right. And I also make a point of not bringing my agendas into the room. And I didn't want the judgment. I was already feeling so vulnerable. So you're depending on someone reading the chat out loud to you to be able to follow what's happening. And in some sessions, people didn't do that at all. They just made these sort of homing noise and hoing noises, you know, as all this stuff scrolled past. There's just there's so much noise. It, it's, it's the same in a conference. The lighting always sucks. The whole setup, the, the overhead projector thing is always too bright. The colors used always really don't suit you. The fonts are horrific. Um, like I help my own teaching team now to construct the university lectures so that they're accessible and people come up saying, oh, you know, I can, I can, really, I can really focus in your lectures and I can really take in the information and it's great. But none of that ever exists in a conference environment. And so you end up like with this pounding headache and unable to distill what's happening for you. And Zoom is very intense in that way too. Like I spend, a lot, I do a lot of games with it where I push my screen away and I, I step out. And I do that for other reasons too because I don't. There's this sort of clever game I play with my computer screen when I work with people with a lot of anxiety, where I manage to to push back the screen so more of my space is there and I'm not this looming figure in the screen because a lot of the ways we see as being good Zoom screen is actually to be very present in it, which is a bit much for people. So there's all those things happening. There's so many layers taking place. There's so much self-judgment that comes in. There's so much you're trying to either block out or filter or cope with. And you you know you're constantly missing things. But it's really good for me like to go back and go through what this is like in terms of helping my students, what it feels like, how much I felt like I was literally drowning by the end of it. Because you, I, I've, I've forgotten. I've constructed my world so much and I have so many coping strategies that I take for granted that I've forgotten how this feels. I've forgotten how the overwhelm feels. I'd completely lost myself by the end of the conference. It got harder and harder as the days went on because it was a constant struggle to keep going. And I completely lost myself by the end of the conference. It just got harder and harder because it was such a constant struggle to keep going. And I got more tired. And I talk about this to people. That roughly it's three times harder for me to do every task. So if I'm tired when I show up, I really, really struggle. And the topic I was dealing with was so painful and there was so much self-questioning in it as to whether I move right or I don't. And there was so much energy in the space of other people's pain that I was taking on. That to just show up and function became almost impossible. 
and wanting to get smaller and smaller and smaller. It was a shattering experience. And it's one I'll rebuild myself from. And as faith would have it, I'm due to work with students with literacy difficulties this week. And that will be really good for me. It, 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 it has reminded me how small I felt in school every day. How much of a struggle it was to just turn up and sit in the room. I've spent five days being pushed to the brink of there being so much I can't do that's taken for granted. That's assumed that there's something wrong with you if you can't function in the space. It's assumed that it's a, a, a way that you can express yourself and that you can engage and that you can be part of the room. Only you can't. And in order to do that, it's this constant self-exposure. So there was, there was so much other pain that I found myself sort of rocking in a corner and I couldn't understand what I was feeling so useless. That was, that was the, the, the residing feeling I had at the end of yesterday. I'm useless. And when I actually said that out loud to myself, I was so shocked. Like, I haven't felt like that since school. When I said that out loud to myself, I couldn't understand, because I haven't felt like that for so long. I haven't had that sort of negative self-talk. I've made my life so doable that I have forgotten what it's like to feel like that. I've forgotten that the world makes you feel like that. I've forgotten how incapable I actually felt. And I felt so much calmer when I had finished writing out the notes for this, when I realized that there was nothing wrong with me. It was just this hidden layer that was constantly present as to why I didn't belong in the room for days and, and why I couldn't function in the room. There were only about three sessions that didn't rely on my literacy to be there, that I could be fully present in those sessions without needing to struggle. And now I might be able to process the, the content and actually show up for growth and not feel awful about myself. And in fact, as part of the, the, the conference was about racism, I, I began to, to, to think about this. Like there are very few black writers who speak to me in relation to this. And I, I have notes to record a special podcast on Zora New Hurston in relation to this. And I recently realized that Octavia E. Butler is dyslexic, which I didn't, I didn't know. And that adds another layer of why she speaks to me so much. But literacy is so loaded in black people. There's such a need to prove yourself and your right to be in the room in relation to education that in another way, a lot of this can collide. It's the same scale we're measuring ourselves on, but it's different pain. And I suppose the difference is that you can master it and become academic and show up and things that that scale is asking of you, and I can't.
And I, I, I basically faced that over and over and over and over until it dripped and dripped and dripped on me. To feel worthless, to feel like I have nothing to offer here, to feel like I shouldn't be in the room. And I couldn't understand why I went from having such creative downloads and being so inspired by the content and actually, in a way, feeling really good about myself to suddenly feeling I was useless. And I'm pretty good at discerning what's happening for me. But the collision of my trauma and the struggles to filter information and to survive and the energy of other people's pain, it all collided to leave me sifting through minestrone soup for my emotions, trying to find these little fragments to put together. And I've been feeling that since I was in school in Montessori at three, right down to the last day of my doctorate viva. And I haven't felt like that. It's the contrast of that sense of how complete and whole and functional I feel normally to have feeling out of my depth for days and actually that invoking all of the, the, the stored levels in my physicality of what it meant to just simply sit there. And I will be able to meet my students better for this experience. 